Omar and the same was said by Rabbi Yehuda, "Mishum Rabbi Shimon Amechuzi, Mishum Rabbi Yehuda Amechuzi." Koloisa isolachag. That's something else now. Anybody who makes an addition to Yontif, now the day after Yontif is called Isru Chag. It's an addition to Yontif. Isru Rasha learns join. It's a day joined to Yontif. So anybody makes an addition to Yontif. The on the day after Yontav, he eats and drinks something to celebrate. It means to show that his sorry Yontav went away. He would like that Yontav should continue. So the day after, he still eats and drinks something to cover the Yontav that passed by. The Pasuk considers it for him. That's how big it is, the necessity to leave a mitzvah with regret. Let's say, when you're going out to the Beit HaKnesses, we don't run. You walk slowly. You walk fast to the Beit HaKnesses, but slowly in front of the Beit HaKnesses. Unless you're going to learn someplace. That's a different story. Gemara says that. Otherwise, you have to go slowly to show your regret. Also, Shabbos. We hurry to receive this Shabbos, but we are loath, we are reluctant to say farewell to the Shabbos. The same is with Yontif. And the day after Yontif, if you do something to show that you are sorry Yontif went away, it's such a very big schus that it's considered as if you built a Mizbeach and you are making the kol. Shinema isru chag ba'avoisim ad kames ha'mizbeach. Isru Chag, that's the day after Yontif, it's like you brought a cotton to the corners of the Mizbeach, like you built a Mizbeach and brought a cotton. Which is a general idea that when the time comes that you have to forsake Har Sinai, you shouldn't run away. And that was a criticism. When they left Har Sinai, they didn't leave with enough regret. That's the general principle. When you finish Monesra, you walk back the three steps. So wait a moment, the Gemara says, before you jump back again. In order to show that you appreciate the importance of what you just ended. Say that. All the misfits that we do, you're not Yesi unless you hold them at the time of the Mitzvah, the way that they grow. Now, we know in the case of the Lulav, the Abu Aminim, they have to be held the way they grow. If you hold, let's say, the Lulav upside down or the Esleg upside down, you're not Yesi. Or if you would stick in the Hadassim upside down, you're not Yesi. They must be used for the Mitzvah, Derek Delosim. Now it tells us not only these abo aminim shenema, I'd say shitim oimdim. This is the wood of which he made the koshim of the of the mishkan. Now the koshim of the mishkan were coated with gold. So the question: How were they coated? We'll soon see. But the first thing he tells us, I say shitim oimdim. Now why I say oimdim? 
So he tells us unge means the way they grow. So when they cut the beams for the Kalsha Mishkan, they made a mark to know which is the top side, which is the bottom side. They shouldn't put them upside down. That's why it says Umde. Tane Name Hochi, and the Bice also so. Ate Shikim Umdim, Shaumdim De Shem. They stood in the way they grew. Now that's one shot. Now the second shot is not chedek on that. Only it tells us another limit from oimdim. Another shot oimdim, sheimdim, shemamidim es sipuyon, that they will hold up their cover. Their cover with gold. Now Rashi explains that the golden coating was nailed to the wood inside. You can make it in two ways. You can make plates of gold and to put the plates all around like a box so it has nothing to do with the wood. Even though the wood would rot away, the plates would remain. But no, the plates had to depend on the wood. There were small plates tacked all over the surface of the boards by nails to the wood. So the wood had to remain forever in order for the plates to hold. That's what he's telling us, that the wood kept the plates in place. Not the plates were independent. Again, they were upholding their coating. The coding's existence depended on the existence of the wood. Now the next really is a continuation of the second. Now the pshat they stand forever. That wood would never rot. You might say, their hope is gone. And their outlook for the future is bottle because how long can they last? Especially now that they are buried someplace in the ground underneath the Harabayas. That's where they're buried. The Shlomo Melech, when they built the Beis Amigdish, he took the old Kroshim and he secreted them someplace in the Harabayas. So they're there to this day. It's lucky that the Muhammad is in their charge. Otherwise, the Jewish archaeologists would have dug it out already. Muhammadists don't let you dig. All the graves, by the way. Uh, Mohammedans don't let you dig there. But once, if Jewish archaeologists had the power, they would dig out the bones. And so he says, you might think that since they're buried someplace in the earth, that there's no hope for them, they rotted away. He says, no. Talmud Lema Asay Shitim Oymdim. They are standing, Shaymdim, the Oilam Olayumay Oilam, standing forever. When the time will come, they'll be excavated on earth, the original Kaloshim of the Mishkan of Moshe. Safiya. The following has nothing to do with our Mesichta, but because we learned a Maimer of Yichiski, Omer Abiyamiya, which is a rarity, so he brings some more Mamorim in his name, that combination. 
שאומר חיזקי, אומר רבי יום היום משומי שומי יחויים, חיזקי אינה דה פיימוס חיזקי דה רבי עבר רבי יחנן. זה לא דה חיזקי, אין אמורו, וזה תלמוד רבי יום היום. יוכלו לעני, רבי שמעון יחויים ספיקינג. אני אומר רבי שמעון יחויים, הוא פיימוס בקוסי וזן לקי פר 13 ימים. So he says, Yocholani lifters kolelem kulem in Adin. He is able, with his merit, to free the whole world from any judgment. We learn the principle, Nanakodish Borachu, Kizmoichol, the Rabin, because of Sadikim Yechidim. So he says, I'm able to free the world from Adin. Meyoim shenivresi ad ato. From the day I was created until now, means during my lifetime, up till now, my schuyas, because he suffered very much, we know in that me'oro, he suffered because when he came out, his skin was all cracked and wounded. For 13 years he learned in great privation. So therefore, he said, the schuyas of that experience could free the whole world from din, during my lifetime, up till now. That's all. Not afterward. Up till this minute. But if my son Eloza will be counted together with me, the squeers of both of us, since the world was created until now. Because when you say one and one of Sadiq, it's not one and one and two. One and one is like two million. And it's double this much more. All of a sudden he brings out an unknown character. He will be with us. Now what's the greatness of Yosem ben Uziyahu? So Rashi explains his father Uziyahu. In some places it's called Azariah. Tried to be Makirikteris in the base on English. Now he wasn't a Kayan. And therefore, the Kehanim drove him out. But at that time, he was smitten with the Tzoraz. And he remained a Metzorah until his last day. And his son had to take over because the father couldn't be in Yerushalayim, even though he's a king. In those days, he had to keep the Torah. And the king also, if he's a Metzorah, had to leave Yerushalayim. So he's put in a special place outside the walls of Yerushalayim. And his son, Yerson, reigned in the father's name, but he never called himself a king or put a crown on his head. All the days of his father's life, he said his father is king and he's only an uh, agent, the shliach of his father. So because he was mechabed his father so much, many years passed by. Therefore, he's considered a big tzaddik. He never took any glory of a king as well, so long as his father is alive. And that's why Rabbi Shimehoi counted him as a third. Interesting to know, why didn't he count Meshach Rabbeinu? <laughs> why didn't he count other tzaddikim? This I can't answer you. But rather Rabbi Akiva, so I don't know what to tell you. Say that aside. Didn't he pattern the whole world in Adin? If he could be able to do it, the answer is, you see, Avraham Avinu had to be mispowered very hard and he apologized constantly to Kodesh Baruch he shouldn't be angry at me. So we see it needs a lot of tefillah to activate this chus of tzaddikim. 
That's what he means. If he would get busy and work hard to pray for it, but he didn't want to interfere with the ways of Kodesh Baruch It could be that the same applies to other tzaddikim too, that their schus could, could pata. But they'd have to have a war with HaKadosh Baruch was waging a battle with HaKadosh Baruch Again and again, it's bargaining, it's al yichal, don't be angry at me. So he was a sakona. Otherwise, he wouldn't say these words. Each time that he tried to bargain, he was a sakona. So it could be other tzaddikim also could do the same thing with their merit, only they didn't want to interfere with the dark Hashem.